This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. We are talking on the line with uh, Saisman Mutlong, uh, who is a political analyst. I did say that we're speaking about uh, Rice Mzansi and uh, their manifesto launch, uh, Songhez Ozibi, uh, saying that uh, South Africa is in trouble and at a crossroad. And he says that, uh, well, they need, something needs to change. He says this crisis and a new a new kind of leadership is needed to turn things around. Saisman, good morning. Hi, Quina. Greetings to you and your listeners. How are you? I'm good, and thank you so much for always making time to speak to us. We appreciate your, your, your time. I mean, let's go for it. Songhezo is very strong uh, in terms of what they stand for, but I think the, 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 the key message that came across is that the, the the current ruling party is failing the people of South Africa and the people should be open their eyes up to and, and possibilities of change, isn't it? Yes, definitely. What you listen to and you hear from them is the element of disgruntlement. This is how they frame their manifesto that they are a people that are angry uh, with what uh, the direction of the country is taking and the kind of uh, decisions that the government is making. And it is about time that there is change. And I think they want to purport that they are the people who will bring about that change especially listening to them, you hear a lot about policy. It's a more policy-directed political party more than ideology. This is how I I hear them. And, yeah, they make sense. But I like you are saying, the one aspect I hear is more like cliched, you know, complaints uh, more than an element of proper picture, in a sense. So they're mm. just saying, we want clean governance, we want and the crime, we want safe communities, but in a sense of saying, what, how? For example, if you say, if somebody sexually violates a person, what do you want to do? I, I would expect maybe from a maybe a leftist or mm. radical thing, they would talk about chemical castration or something mm. like that. Mm. But when they don't give a solution, it's just saying we want people to be safe, you know. So it's more a policy uh, directed political party the way I, I see them. Mm. But based on, on those policies and those ideologies, um do they look like a party that will make a, a, a splash, that will make some waves come come elections? I mean, they are only like nine months old, isn't it? Yeah, it's good. Uh, you know, I'm 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 listening to them, and uh, not to be biased when I was really assessing them. For example, 
you want when you want to determine how successful they would be there is potential for success because you see how they build a political party it was not around fanfare you know emotion mm. they are making a rational appeal they are appealing to the mind and they are talking to young people this i found very interesting they targeted young people who is a bigger cohort and a very uh, core that is not responsive in terms of going to vote. And if they could capture that uh, group, I think they, and if young people could really trust them, they could easily make it. But when you now look at the element of your traditional political culture in South Africa, they sound to me and feel like a DA light. You know, their sloganing is not traditional culture ones or Viva, Amanda, or, you know, mm. even their singing. It does not emotionally appeal to the ordinary. It doesn't have that ordinary feel of what we're used to. So this could possibly work against them because our elections are, or our political culture is also about emotion. And when they say they are angry, you don't feel that anger. That's what I'm saying. It's more rational, more moderate, if you like. They are the. It sounds like a clever black kind mm. of a party that the ANC used to talk about when they castigate the black cohort that was supporting DA. So for me, they sound like that. It's it's a bit difficult. You're saying it's a few months then you know they have a long way to really make a mark and visibly uh, visibility in communities. I haven't seen them. Mm. You know, I know their work, how they started, how they've worked more like workshop, engaging with young people, but at a community level and program level, working in communities, I have not seen them. So I don't know who could know them better and even trust them because they're not eluding, uh, exuding that excitement. Or what. Mm. So that's what I feel uh, could be a barrier to them, uh, working around that element. Mm. So th- 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 there's also this whole notion, and, and one understands to, to, to a point, Sussman, that most opposition, if not all opposition parties, by virtue of them being opposition parties, they will naturally take a swipe at ANC. Is that the right to, way to go or is that normal politics that you are an opposition, there is a party that is in power, the only way to give promises to criticize them and promise different? You know, I was really thinking about that, listening to them, and I, I think uh, also thinking about that kind of a criticism. Or, yeah, you always talk against ANC. They have no vision except are taking NC. I think that's a cheap shot, but to be objective and realistic, you cannot not mention the NC in your political program or speech because NC is the one in power. And anything uh, that people know and are unhappy with is because of the NC. Now, any political party, I think we should accept and uh, accept when they mentioned the ANC because this is the evaluation of our society and political programs 
under under the governance yeah, yeah ANC. Therefore, I, I don't think we should see anything wrong with that. If they say ANC did X, and well, now we are going to do Y, you know, or there's this kind of a problem that NC could not resolve, and this is how we are going to resolve it. They're giving you an option. They're presenting themselves as an option to the ANC. If you are a darling of the ANC, and now they, you see their proposition, you make that decision yourself now after weighing uh, the kind of solutions that are presented to you, and you have to de- make a decision. So it's fair for me. We should no longer really uh, castigate political parties for mentioning the ANC. And 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 where does this put the the the, the, the new party, Raisam Zanzi, and in in terms of uh, you know left, right, middle, centre, or does it even matter? That's what I was saying. When you assess their temperature, the even the elemental excitement. You even see in that hall when people are singing. Mm. You you see there are those who are standing singing, and there are those who are really sitting down. You like asking, hey, these people. So the element there, energy and excitement is not the same. And mm. you know how NC, how shall EFF, even both PAC, IFP, you see. A crowd is there, whether it's rented or not, but they are present. Mm-hmm. And and so that, that's one. And then when you now listen to the solutions and policy offerings, uh, one element, one is left or right or center. You, you hear, you assess the emotion and the language, how, how persuasive it is, uh, how emotive it is. And 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 in terms of change, what the extent, yeah, yeah, change they want to bring, uh, how long are they anticipating? Because the leftist more radical, they want change now, and if somebody is to die, they will tell you, whoever dies must die. But the moderates, mm. they they are not violent, and they are really, uh, what could I say? It's not it's not a radical change. It's not fast, you know, pace. So they are gradual, yeah. Mm. They are more, it changed a gradual. So I feel they are more moderate. If we can get center politics, yes. It's a mm. center party because their social change or even political change proposals are not, are not immediate. It's like saying when we are in power, we are going to. And already you hear it's really something that will take over time. It's more system. Like in the beginning, they're policy-oriented. And policy, you, you don't uh, hear in them. They say, once we get in, in the space of 80, 80 weeks, we'll do this. In space of 70 weeks, do that. So they are really a gradual change. So I feel over there. They are a more a center party than anything. He, he spoke also about some of the key issues, drugs, uh, you know, living conditions of people. Uh, he spoke about um, ESCOM and, and, and Transnet. Um, he, he touched on a lot of issues. Uh, on, on the issue of land, what did you make of what he said? Yeah, they, they, for me, it, it doesn't seem to be a party. The policies are 
would be radical. I feel mm. it's more conservative on the policy of land in the sense of it's not a, a sort of a expropriation without compensation. Mm. But what they are talking about is looking at the elements of settlement or uh, people should be provided with basic needs. And from there on, uh, anyone who has more land than they should have, because there are people who have more land than they should have, a, a big plot they are not using for the last 20 years. They, they're not saying to you, we are going to expropriate it, you know, uh, and, and, and what they will do with it. So I think the status quo will be more the same in terms of land policy with them. Whatever land they can get hands-on and use for development and settling people, I think they will do that without disrupting the market. Mm. We are in a conversation with uh, Sassman Mkloung, who is a political analyst. We're looking back at Rais Mzanzi's manifesto launch. You want to join in on the conversation? It's 0861-987-000. Tweets at PAFM987 or directly at uh, Marara Moabelo. Um, so let's talk the issue of leadership. Another thing that uh, uh, Songhezo spoke about was the issue of a new kind of leadership. What do you make of that statement? And what is this new kind of leadership that he's talking about? Yes, I think here it is somewhere we could give them, you know, five stars or ten stars. Mm. They are talking about a new leadership. It's more of a, a professionalized outlook in terms of governance and public service. Your kind of leaders who are expecting accountability. We know with the governing party, uh, uh, they have not really been accountable or even holding each other accountable. They have been protecting each other only when you are outside of the fray. You really jump fences, then they come really hard against you. This is what we're seeing now happening with Jacob Zuma. They are saying many things that, that you ask yourself, oh, oh, when he was with you, was the leader, was he not mm. the same? Because it's not like, you know, so they are telling you, Raisa Mzanz is telling you, we are going to be a, a, an accountable government. We are going to expect accountability uh, from administrators who want to run an efficient public service. And this is or really something our country needs. Somebody will stand and be firm in terms of uh, expecting service standards, enforcing service standards. And, and I think they are correct in terms of social reform and political reform through a type of leadership. And when you look at them, they seem to be people who can deliver on what they are saying based on corporate experience and academic outlook and uh, background in politics, it, they, they come from within a party. To some extent, we've seen already when given a chance, they can really work efficiently. So I think that, that is a big, strong point. It, it depends in, in terms of the voter when you hear them and if you can uh, allow yourself to give them a chance. I think that that's the big uh, determinant. Yeah, do they have the right leaders from from what we've seen do they have the right leaders 
the the thing yeah right leadership is to really say who are they or how many let's say it's about number say they come to control a province as a political party now i don't think they have enough people to say uh, form a cabinet and then even have better deployment you know you, you have to now look within the membership Yabona to know Omsung is there and mm. he is a professor in chemistry. Okay, we can trust that one. But for me, when you look at the echelon, top echelon, you see these are people in terms of like a, a splinter from GA. Now they, they've been exposed to that and it's people who have been activists, young people who have been activists, uh, and others who, who've been long in politics. So I think from an exposure to politics, they have that capacity. And from there on, they will have to, if I will use the word, they're outsourcing, looking for people who are mm. competent. Because I think you, you're not uh, precluded from that. Or when you know somebody who is in the corporate sector, and you know they are efficient, they are capable, and you rope them in to say, come through, and work with us. So I think in terms of leadership, it is people that uh, that know what they can do and, and they have that capacity. How do you think, as we wind on the conversation, uh, Seisman, how do you think they will do? How do you think they will fare? They, they are a party that is fairly young, nine months old. Um, how do you think, based on everything else, do you think they will fare? Ah, I think we just lost Mutlung there uh, on the line. Uh, let's see if we can just get him back and we uh, close that conversation. Mbulelo, uh, 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 your guest sums it up very nice. He has good analysis, very impressive, clear in his analysis and goes on to say, Raiz Mzanzi has a long way to go. Your guest is on point. The party is a, a bourgeoisie type of movement, not talking anything to the poor and the rural people. Seisman, we lost you a bit there, but uh, um, just finally, uh, my question to you was, uh, how do you think they will fare in the elections? Ooh, you know, I think, uh, I, I don't know whether a percent or half a percent at best, you know, and uh, I hear you, Kola, uh, talking about a lack of appeal mm. from rural, but they, to their defense, they will tell you like how they started. They really went out in their community entry. They really went broadly throughout the country. They they have reached in the KZN villages, you know, but at the face value, yeah, they are, you say, a bourgeoisie, the middle class, you know, kind of a looking party. And when you ask Ure, how much of a vote will that come from that uh, cohort, it's not so much. They have they have really to be visible in those poor spaces, like it's your visibility locally. They have not been where people are and are struggling. They have not been seen. They have not been heard enough. Therefore, now be comfortable with them missing out, uh, maybe getting one seat in parliament, two, then that will be enough for them to build further uh, for the local elections. They should really build at a local level before they go up uh, at the national. 
Sajman, thank you as always for making time. Thank you. Keep well. I appreciate your time and your insight. Uh, political analyst uh, Sajman Mutlou uh, just uh, talking to us there about the, the about Raisam Zanzi. And, and, and then I guess the question is uh, where 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 do they stand and also where do we stand as a people and and i love the fact that we we have choices you know uh many many choices and it it makes democracy a beautiful thing tammy good morning uh in 30 seconds sure um the Rizemzansi, in terms of their support, we tend to forget that there was a 17 million voter base that was not participating in elections. Mm. Both Rizemzansi, that's what they targeted. They targeted the youth that was not participating in, in, in elections. Mm. That's what they did with their workshops. That's why I see them making a, a mark. I see them throwing those ones back. They are not mm. going to make a mark in terms of those ones who've already been voting, but they did well in terms of trying to woo in the younger voters. Mm. So let's see how they play in that space. Will they succeed? We don't know, but I think they're going to bring some young people back into the voter uh, scheme. Fantastic. Tammy, thank you so much. And I think that's, 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 that's where a lot of people are saying that we need to start speaking more to young people. We uh, start to see parties that are appealing to the future generations, you know, because I think 30 years in, um, 30-year-olds and younger are the ones that need to start shaping the next 30 years. So it is going to be a very interesting uh, election, as they say, uh, that... (laughs) 2024 is there 1994 or is it vice versa but anyway it's election year we shall see you've been listening to a power 98.7 podcast for more podcasts visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts